Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 18. I remember years ago, I used to say that, and everybody would get out their big Bibles. Today, you get your phones out, your iPads out. Times have changed. Now, there were, in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there were with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on the earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those that heard it marveled at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord God, as we uh, consider this scenario, how amazing how historic, how precious, how unique it was. And even today, Lord God, the truths that are contained, uh, Lord, in these verses, shout at us and give us, my Father, hope and, and give us, my Father, confidence and give us uh, faith to be able, Lord God, to not just live and survive, but to thrive and to rejoice, Lord, where we're at right now. So I pray for your blessing over your people. Grant us wisdom, Lord God, that your wisdom would flow like rivers of living water. So out of these verses, my God, we would be able to capture uh, the essence of your love toward us. And Lord, at the same time, that we would be able to rejoice in what you have already done for us. And the authority and the anointing and the grace and favor that are with us today. And over our family. So, Father, we pray it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. It is precious to consider that this is not some nice story, but this is actually prophetic realization of what God was wanting to do. Even in the Old Testament, he was sharing that. Uh, most of the prophetic speaking and writings and terminology people did not understand. They couldn't understand what was going on here. Now, when I consider this story and I bring it to today, to my own personal life, I look at the scenario uh, at an angel suddenly showing up in your room. That will blow anybody away. You know why? Because we think that babies are really small. I mean, the angels are really small and they have small wings and they're really cute. No. Angels are very tall they're very strong, and they're ominous. So these men were greatly afraid. What I didn't know, but as I did research, it blew me away because think about it. Why did the angel decide to go to a shepherd? 
Why did not an angel go to the king or to a priest? Why did he go to a shepherd? If you study Jewish history, shepherds were unclean. Shepherds were not someone that could receive God's message and give it to somebody else. It was the priest or, of course, uh, the king that could usher such an important message. The angels came and they said to these uh, shepherds, says, this message is very important because it brings good joy, good tidings uh, to all of mankind. Why in the world would they bring it to a shepherd? Could it be that this was done on purpose? The Bible says that God chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Interestingly enough, he selected shepherds. He selected the average man. He selected somebody that the world out there, the elite, those that go to those very great colleges, right, study and prepare themselves, and then they get elected to some important position, right? You would expect that God would go to them. At least that's what most of the world thinks. No, he went to average shepherds. Why? It's because we're all important to him. What we call the average man, the common man, God says, that's my son, that's my daughter, and I love them dearly. So I wanted to highlight just from the beginning how this thing was set up. This thing was always set up to be shared among us. It was not something to be held on to, something elite, something that only, you know, the rich, the famous can have. This is a message to all men. And when I say man, I mean mankind. So even though shepherds have that reputation, praise God that God loves us for who we are. And then the next thing that I wanted to just touch is that salvation is a multifaceted word. But when you consider it, the scenario looks more like this way. God came to save something that was precious to him. We're precious. Say it in every, you're precious. When, when God created us, he said, let's make man in the image of a goat. Let's make man in the image of a rock. No. He said, let's make man in our own image and in our own likeness. So God decided to make something precious, something that had his own DNA. Something that was so precious to him that when sin got involved and started distorting mankind, right, he himself said, I will go and I will save them myself. The arm of the Lord will do this. So you need to understand that you're precious, not because you have money in the bank, not because you were born to this family, to this name, but you're precious because God decided you're precious. Every one of your homes, I can go to your home and I can find something that to me is common, but to you is precious. You might have it, you know, in, in one of the shelves, and you look, I say, yeah, it's a simple little thing. No, you don't understand. In 1982, you know, my, my boyfriend gave this to me, and it means so much to me. I'm looking, it's just a rock, you know, just, you know, with some words on it. But it's precious to you. You're the one that ascribes value to that thing. My wife always wears a ring most of the time. You have it today? Okay. I, right. It's just a simple little gold ring that cost me, I think at that time, I don't know, $35 to $70. I, 
I was 18 years old, and I worked all summer long for that thing. All right. Wow, I didn't think you guys were going to react that way. I just... But I worked all year long. I worked in the supermarket on 110th Street and Broadway. And, I mean, my checks were miserable. They were just... But you know, every week I'd go, you know, I don't know if you know this now, but it's something called layaway. Remember layaway? <laughs> Today you guys don't wait anymore. You just flip out the card and say, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They still have it? You serious? They still... TJ Maxx has layaway? Good for them. It's better. This way you don't have to pay interest. Well, all summer long I worked for that. And then at the end of the summer, I gave her that. It just says love on it. So it's just a little, that's all it is, just love. So you might look at it, and right now, I don't know, net, it might be worth, I don't know, 150 to $200 maybe. But to her, it's priceless. You try to touch that. You try to take that away from her. She's going to kick you upside your head. She's going to bust you up because that's precious to her. It's priceless, right? To you, it's not just 150 bucks, Right? But to her, it's priceless. So this is what I want to say about this story. When God decided to minister to man, he went out to the average man. He says, this is very important information, and it belongs to all men. I am about ready to do something that's going to give man peace and give man joy. I'm about ready to do something that is going to allow my sons and daughters to come back home. I'm about ready to make things right, right? So he went to man. Why would he do that if I'm worthless? Why would he do that if I'm nothing? We're the ones that say we're worthless. We're the ones that say, ah, you're not worth anything. You'll never amount to anything, all right? If I take a $100 bill right now and I wave it to you and you see it clearly, what is its value? Right? What if I take that very same bill and I crumple it up? What is its value? What if I take that bill, crumple it up, throw it on the floor and step all over it? What if I take that same bill and throw it into the street after sanitation came and did all its cleaning and now the water's all brown and it's inside the brown water? I pick it up, it's wet, it's nasty, it's stank. Huh? Ten dollars? <laughs> it still has the value, even though it's gone through some stuff. So what God wants, amen, amen. So what God is saying to us is, is, you have great value to me. I ascribe your value. So if God ascribes value to you, who is man or another man to say to you that you're worthless? Hallelujah. So the great news is that God loves us and that he ascribed value to us. We were created in his image and in his likeness. Now, let me give you another thing. God said, I make you my image and likeness and I give you abilities. Do you know you have the ability to create like God creates? You might not be able to create things out of thin air, but if you think about something, you can create it. 
You can't say that about a dog, about a goat, about, you know, you can't say that about a rock. But God made us with the ability to create things in this earth realm. Then he said, I give you the authority to have dominion in this earth. You are the one that will watch over it. You're the one that will take the natural resources and be able to combine them in order to, to create benefit to humanity. So say to your neighbor, you're creative. You have God's creativity in you. See, when I think, I, I look at the, 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 what's that shark program? You know, these, these shark tank, right. They come in there, they come with some of the craziest ideas, and yet some of these ideas are amazing. I said, man, why didn't I think about that? But the truth of the matter is, let me put it this way, we're just beginning to be creative. In the year 2018, God wants to create through you things that will benefit humanity. And he says, I'm, I'm coming to you because I, I want to release my love, my grace, my favor, my creativity, my abilities through you in this earth realm. And if we would connect with him, we would start to hear the, 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 the word of the Lord, the will of God for this generation. You have inside of you things that the world needs. But while, we, while you were being crumpled up by the enemy, by circumstances, by situations... Somewhere along the line, you started thinking that you were worthless. But God is wanting to reestablish for you your worth. Yeah, but I was stepped on. You still have the value. Yeah, but I had to go through the muck and the mire. You still have the value. Hallelujah. And the Christmas message is that. It's not, wow, I got 20% off in J.C. Penney's. <laughs> It's not, wow, I was looking at the sky and out came a man with a red suit and a funny looking hat and reindeers and they were just flying through the sky. Because if you see that, you're on crack. <laughs> or some other substance. Because he doesn't exist. And I'm making a funny on purpose because today's society is replacing the precious with things that have no value, with things that have no power. I, I, I like to watch um, Hallmark from time to time. I, I like that. I like cheesy movies. Yeah, I prefer cheesy movies. Or some, some, some of them have too much sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But the truth of the matter is, is many times the theme, it's a combination theme. It's a theme uh, of a person that is um, not connected properly to the proper person, and then they visit some obscure place, and they, that's where they really fall in love, right? And then, of course, Santa Claus. <laughs> Christmas is not about Santa Claus. Santa Claus is a beautiful story. If you look through history, you might find that there were actually people that practiced that in their community. So out of that, you have that, that lore, that folk tale that comes out. But the truth of the matter is, is that it's about Christ, what he did for us. There's a message behind it, and that's the message I wanted to share with you. In the Hallmark movies, you know, it all seals at the end with a kiss. It's just a simple kiss. That means everything's all right. You know, all the mess that happened... They kissed at the end, everything's happy. They live happily ever after. They don't show you part B after the honeymoon when they get back home. <laughs> and then they have to live together. And that's just, 
that's just a, you know, that's just a, that's another thing altogether. But baby Jesus represents the divine reconnection with our purpose and reason for being. When the angel spoke to the shepherds, he said it was tidings of great joy. Are we experiencing great joy when we watch Channel 7 Eyewitness News or NBC TV or PICS? I don't, I don't experience joy. The first five minutes already has me half depressed. But when I look at Julio's sweater, stand up, Julio, stand up, Julio. When I look at Julio's sweater, with the lights, see, see the lights? Yeah. <laughs> then I experience joy, right? So let me give you a quick uh, several thoughts about this. Number one, he came to the average man. He came to you and me. So guess what? That means we're not average. Say to your neighbor, you're not average. You're special. You're precious. Number two, when the message came, the glory also came. Because when the angels showed up, the glory was present there. So this message has the glory of God connected to it. So you want to see the glory of God? Get reconnected to the message. That was a nugget. Somebody will get it like in two months. God's glory is connected to his message. And his glory carries everything. His love, his power, his healing, anointing, his grace, his favor. Salvation means divine protection and deliverance. So if you've been going through a, a point, a place in your life where you're captive, guess what? The glory brings deliverance. So God's about ready to restore that which had taken, been taken away from you that was originally yours in the first place by grace. The enemy had taken it from you, but now he's got to restore it. And the glory will make sure that it's restored back to you with interest. Hallelujah. And the third thing, it was such a phenomenal message that the, the archangel, by the way, it wasn't just a standard angel. It was a high-ranking angel. He says that it was attached to great joy. Now, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Why is it? And this, I, I, don't, I don't get it. Yes, I do. Yeah, I, I, I just answered my own question. When I look at the news... It is meant to take the joy away from me. Why would humans want to steal my joy? Because they're miserable? Come on, come on. Miserable company? Okay, miserable, huh? huh? What else? Want to drag you down, come on? Some else, some else? Huh? Sometimes it's all they know, absolutely. They don't know Jesus. They don't know his love, his message. They don't know what he did for me. Yeah, yeah. Somebody said misery loves company over here. But that's right. You're right. You're absolutely right. All right, let me, let me give it to you. The reason why they give negative news is because bochinche, and the word bochinche is a Spanish word for gossip. Because gossip sells. And they don't care it makes you sad. It doesn't, they don't care it, it makes you feel terrible. They don't care about it. They just want to make money. Because of the sin nature, the avarice, the greed. If they really knew what they were doing, and that's where it's, they, sometimes it's all they know. If they really understood, they would bring messages of hope. Messages of joy. You know how many good things are happening in the city right now? 
How many people are helping other people? Why don't we hear about it? Why are we only hearing about that fire, about that person being beat up, about this thing? It's horrible. And then after we feel horrible, then they'll give us the news. And the next news. What's the next news? It's going to rain. And then the worst news. My Nick's lost again. And it's every day, every day. That's all they feed you. That's why it's important for you to disconnect yourself from these things and reconnect yourself to his message. Every day I hear his word. Every day I remind myself of his word. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He loves me with an eternal love. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. That's the truth. I am his, I am his DNA. I'm, I'm his child. That's the truth. He loves me with an eternal love. That's the truth. Jesus reconnected me back to the family, so I'm adopted into his family. That's the truth. And that's what I'll focus on every single day. And I'll continue to learn no, more about his kingdom because I am a, a kingdom citizen. You know, I'll read the book of Proverbs. I'll read the Psalms. I'll read the Gospels so I could learn more about what my master, my Lord, my Savior, my Messiah did for me and why he did it for me. So we got those three points, right? What's the fourth one? It says, the other heavenly hosts joined in to praise God and say that goodwill was being bestowed upon all men. So heaven knew something that we didn't. The heavenly hosts, in other words, other angelic hosts, they also appeared, and they all started praising God. So this was news that was so amazing, so important, that literally, we literally, it's almost like there was a breakthrough into the natural realm for a moment, where angels literally started being seen in the earth realm, and they were praising God for this, this amazing revelation that was about to be revealed in this earth realm. Oh, my God. So there was a breakthrough, a literal breaking of the spirit realm and the natural realm. And for one moment, the spirit realm and the natural realm started manifesting and, uh, and just revealing the love of God toward mankind. I don't understand that. Why would God approach it that way? Why would he share it that way? And then to top it off, he shares it with shepherds. Who were not respected in those days. You might not be respected. You might enter into a boardroom and they'll say, who are you? You're nothing to us. Get out of here. But here God says, he's my ambassador. He's my son. He's my daughter. She's my, my daughter. Glory to God. You're special and you're precious. It was so important what God wanted to say to you that he literally, it's almost as like he overwhelmed the natural order of creation. And he opened up the eyes of these shepherds for a moment to see what was happening in the earth realm. I remember in another occasion, there was a, a prophet sitting in his living room in the Old Testament. And he was there just relaxing. Suddenly, the armies of uh, another country came in to arrest him. Because what he would do, since he was a prophet, he would go to the king and say, King, your enemies are about ready to attack from this area, from this area. So every time the enemies would come in, Israel was aware. And they were ready. So the king of that other nation says, what's going on? Is somebody here talking? It almost sounds like now. <laughs> Everybody's leaking information. Is anybody leaking information? Because, you know, this 
king knows what's happening when I speak in my bedchamber. He says, no, it's that prophet. So you got to arrest that prophet. So he came to arrest the prophet, and the servant that was there with the prophet went to the window and says, oh, my God. They used, they used to call him father in those days, the, the prophets. My father, they're about ready to arrest you. Look at the multitude that has come against you. You know what the prophet did? The prophet stayed sitting down in his easy chair. He did not fret. He did not worry. He did not, you know, get overwhelmed. He just looked up to heaven and he says, so Almighty God, would you show my servant that there are actually more with us than those that are with them? And at that very moment, the Lord opened up the eyes of this particular servant. His name was, I believe, Gehazi, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and so he opened up his eyes and he says, oh my God, look at all of these horses and, and angels and chariots uh, on fire. So what created the angels? Or were they always there? See, so in the same way we saw in the Old Testament that God momentarily opened up the eyes and, and gave a vision that was more, uh, which, which doesn't only see the natural realm, but, go, but goes into the spirit realm. See, the Old Testament prophet had that ability, but he prayed and God gave the servant the same ability. In the New Testament, here we have, quote unquote, the common man and his eyes being opened so that he can see the supernatural realm. And God is saying, you're mine. You're my sons. You're my daughters. You have that ability. Just ask me, and I'll give you supernatural ability in the earthly realm. So what will happen is you'll be naturally supernatural. Hallelujah. That is not finished. The gifts of God's Holy Spirit are still available. God is still healing. God is still doing amazing things. And God is still giving vision. The word vision there in the Old and New Testament come to mean something that is natural, eyesight, but it's also supernatural enabling to see into realms that we normally cannot see into. And these shepherds were able to receive a message that the rest of the world could not receive. God decided it's going to come through them. My God. Vision, vision, hallelujah. And then it says, the shepherds went to see that which already happened. They said to each other, let's go see this thing that God spoke to us that has already happened. So if it already happened, and God said he's going to send joy, and it already happened, and God said he's going to send peace, and it already happened, so does that mean that the peace is already here? Does that mean that the joy is already here? Does that mean that salvation is already present and available? Does that mean that deliverance is already present and available? So then why are we so willing, let me put it that way, so willing to believe what the enemy says over you? Why are we so willing to listen with what somebody says who has no revelation of the grace of God? Why are we so willing to allow others to affect our future and destiny? If God already released on earth, it's already active in this earth realm. Well, gravity is active, right? Gravity is a law. We don't know exactly what it is, but it's something. It keeps us here on this earth, right? 
It's something that God produced on this earth. So I, I can't just jump like that and keep on going up. That's called Superman, if I can. And it doesn't exist. Yeah, man, sometimes I would really love to be Superman. Sometimes I, I would really love to have supernatural, you know, powers. Just the other day, my wife and I were driving. I'm in the center lane. And I want to get into the, the speeding lane so I could pass a car in front of me. But this guy next to me in the speeding lane, you could see he's, he's like, he's hanging out, sleeping. He's doing like 45 in the speeding lane, right? So I'm like, okay, let me pass him. So as soon as I try to pass him to get that way and then to go in front of the other guy that's taking his time, take your time. It's no problem. He, no, that's exactly what he did. He started speeding up. And I'm going, come on, dude. So I put it, you know, a little pedal to the metal, and I passed him. And I'm there. So then suddenly he goes like this, and I'm looking. Because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a long-time driver. So as I'm driving, I'm seeing big picture. So I see him go around, go to the first lane, pass the other cars, and go in front of me. And then when he goes in front of me, he slows back down, and then he, takes, he, he lowers down the window, and he takes out the choice finger. Yeah. So I looked at them, and my wife and I, we just smile, and we said, some people, they have. But I think, I said, it would be a great time to be Superman right now because I could use my, my rays, and what I would like to do is I would like to take out his back tire. <laughs> that's what I'd like to do. No, just take out the back tire. That's all. I don't want to hurt the guy. I just want him to stop a bit and have to change the tire. That would be punishment enough. But I can't do that because I'm not Superman. So I had to say, listen, let it go. I learned the revelation a long time ago. Which mountain are, we, are you willing to die on? And the problem with young men today is we have all this anger. We have all this, 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 this uh, macho stuff. that We're willing to kill each other for you know, a parking space. That's, that's not me. Uh, you, know, a park, you, want the park, you want that parking space that bad? Go for it. Because I'm not going to waste my time with you. You're not in my league. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not going to get into that. My, my, my th the things I'm willing to die for is my family. Yeah, for the gospel, that, but not for a parking space. Not, not because, you know, you think you're cooler than me. Not going to happen. You the man? Go ahead, be the man. No problem. See? But I learned about that. But the, the beauty about it is God gives us favor in this day. And that's what the message is all about. Hallelujah. And I, I love the fact that they dealt with something and they said, we recognize this is something that has already happened. So say to me, I'm already an overcomer. I'm already, overcomer. I'm already loved by God. Already this, God. Has already this has already happened. Yeah, don't, don't preach my message. I didn't. <laughs> this has already happened, people. We need to be secure in that. We need to be at peace in that. And then... The next thing is everybody that heard it marveled at what they heard. And boy, I, I, could, I could stay there for a long time, but I'm not. But just to say this, it's impossible for a person to hear the good news if we ourselves aren't sharing the good news because we ourselves are so confused that we don't think that there's any good news to be had. But these men, they heard the good news, they went and they saw the good news, and then they started sharing it everywhere they went. There was no place they wouldn't share it because they were so excited about it. Are you aware what's happening here? Something shifted in the heavenlies. Some inflection point happened in history. And God in the flesh is here with us. 
And he's about ready to, or rather, he has already released goodwill and love and grace and favor on this land for us, for our benefit, for all men. The problem is not all men will receive it. Not, men, not all men understand it. And it has to do with light. Because Jesus is the light of the world. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in verse 14, it says, that word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus Christ is the word. He's the living word. But then it also says here in verse 3, all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In other words, through him I was created. Through him you were created. We were created by him, and we were created for him. Wow. I'm not going to touch that one because that's a message in itself. But look at verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So that word light is an amazing substance that you and I are enjoying right now. We're seeing light, right? But Jesus himself is light, and he's the word. So one of the definitions of light is when I don't understand something and you give me an explanation of it, and suddenly the light goes off. Understanding is light. When you understand something, the light turned on on the inside. And that's what Jesus is to us. He enlightens us to understand how much he loves us, the value that we have, who we really are in him. It says the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. I remember one time, Probably most of you heard this, but I'm going to share it because there's somebody that might not have heard it. Um, my wife knows I'm a, I'm a light sleeper. Anything will happen with my kids, if I would hear them cry, I would wake up. It just, I was immediately up, and that can be a problem. One night, I used to sleep next to a window. I woke up, I heard a sound, and I saw an intruder breaking in, right? And it was actually my wife. She was actually opening the window or closing the window. I don't remember. <laughs> so I... Uh, uh, yeah, but I almost slammed her because I was half asleep, and I thought it was an intruder. So I said, honey, don't do that. I said, do what? I'm just opening up the window. He says, just open up the window at the next room or far away from me. But then another time, I heard a sound in the living room, and you have to pass through a corridor because our bedroom, you know, was one side of the corridor, and then the other side was the living room, and I heard a noise there. And I woke up, and I knew it was a criminal breaking in through the window. I just knew it. You know, sometimes you think you know stuff. Well, I thought it was a criminal. I was half asleep. But I got up, and I ran to the living room. I ran because, you know, I got, I think, a bat or something. I ran to the living room because I was going to take care of that criminal. And suddenly, I, I, had, I had an epiphany. I saw a vision. I saw light, cascading light. I saw the sun, the moon, the stars. I saw... The, the, the most wonderful lights that I would ever see in my life. Huh? No, what happened was, is that halfway in the corridor, there's a closet there. And, and, and the door was slightly ajar. And it was a door, you know those doors that are painted like 500 times? But it's still pointy enough to, to, to give severe damage to anybody that would dare to try to, you know, go head to head with it. So I was running, and suddenly it got it right, in the, right there. Boom, boom. 
to this day, there are things I don't remember about my past because of that, because of that experience. But what happened was, is that it was dark. There was no light. So I couldn't see. So when I, when I, when I uh, experienced the light, and I experienced this very unique experience, I went to the beginning of the corridor, and I turned on the light. Lo and behold, there was the door. And lo and behold, I had like, I don't know how I don't have a scar with for that. That, that hurt me. Huh? I don't know what happened to the criminal. I suddenly didn't care about the criminal. <laughs> just, I just, light. Light is important. Light reveals to you things that are in your way. Light reveals to you things that could be dangerous in your journey. And the light of God will do that. But here's something about the light. It's depending how you position the light. If you position the light underneath the bed, the room will remain dark. If you put the light somewhere in a corner behind that speaker, you won't get much. You will get diffused lighting. But if you take that light and put it in the center, what will happen? And this is what happens to us. God said, I am sharing my light with you. He shared the light with the shepherds. And you know what the shepherds did? They did the right thing. They shared it with others. If God would have shared it with the elite, with the king, with the priests, you know what they probably would have done? They would have held it to themselves. They would have hidden, or rather they would have hid that particular information. And we know it because to this day, governments still do the same thing. When they get some good information, when they get a, a cure for something, what do they do? They hide it. And then they'll market it and make billions off of it. That's what humans do. But God went to somebody that even though the world didn't think much of them, they were faithful with the light that was given them. Amen. Oh, you missed a good place to say, ouch. Because God wants us now today to share the light of his word, the light of his love, the light of his grace, the light of his goodness, the light of his kindness. What do we receive today? Bad news. We receive darkness. We receive news that doesn't help us. On the contrary, it just makes us feel bad. It makes us feel sad. Let me distribute it. It makes us feel like we're less than. When your friends talk to you, after you give them a, a, an idea that you have, how do your friends respond? Oh, you better be careful, man. That might, that might not work. I want to distribute these candles to you, and this is for the grown-ups, because this is live fire, and I respect fire. So, but, you know, we still want this building. But I want to share with you something in, in a, I guess, uh, representative form, almost like in a skit form, so we could understand the power of light and so we could understand how important our responsibility is today in sharing that light. I don't know why, but we have a predisposition to share darkness, to share hatred, to share racism, to share, you know, offense. And, and unfortunately, many are being taught by today's society to be offended at anything, to be easily offended. 
can be easily angered and fight at a drop of a hat. But that's not the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. At any given time, Jesus had the power to get off the cross, to instantly heal himself, and to, you know, take care of everybody there. But the truth of the matter is his love kept him on that cross. Because he had to be a sacrifice so that everything could be made right. If he would have aborted the sacrifice, then there would not have been any sacrifice for sin. My God. In John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have light of life. The light of life. John 8, 12. Then later on, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. So the light that he is, he gave us the same opportunity, the same privilege to be light. Praise God. I want my wife to come here. Uh, Elder Jose, would you come join me? Where's Elder Isabel? Elder Isabel, how are you? <laughs> Minister David, please come. I'm going to do something. You see, the light of the gospel came to me at age 15. And God loved me enough, even though I was the common man, even though I was, quote unquote, a nobody, even though my family wasn't recognized anywhere. He still gave me the light. And I remember that day like if it was today. Back in 1974, I received the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And from that day on, I've been sharing that light. I've enjoyed being a part of that. I've enjoyed, you know, being in the kingdom of God. I've enjoyed his grace. He shifted me into my purpose. At that time, I knew I was nothing. But God says, no, you're special. You're precious. You're unique. And you're going to do something in this earth realm. I'm going to partner with you and through you. And together, we're going to do great things. Right? And that was the light that I received. 